Hey, y'all. This is a preview to the latest premium subscriber-only episode to Champagne Sharks. So what you're hearing is a small clip of a longer episode that is available over on patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. And it's available to premium subscribers who pay $5 a month. And if you want to hear the rest of the episode, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks and subscribe for only $5 a month. You get not only access to this episode in its entirety, but to the whole backlog of premium episodes, which at this point is over 100 episodes at this point. So it's a great deal. So without further ado, here is the preview, and I hope we see you on the other side at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks, where you can hear the rest. It's a different way of your brain working. I'm telling you, it changes how your brain works. And I think we're going to be the ones not speaking the language. We're going to be the ones on the outs. Like, how does any of this, like, okay, I'll give you an example, Dale. um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you an example of what you're talking about, but from Mm -hmm. another uh, racialized aspect to give give you an example, Dale, of how this happens, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to read this part of one of Dale's articles, right? Kenny, Mario, tell me what you think. But this is talking about white people on 4chan, right? And after I read this, I'm going to tie it into to black people, right? So he talks about how social justice warriors, sorry, sorry, not, to, not like these 4chan people, these reactionaries, they kind of try to hide their sensitivity with extreme insensitivity, right? So it's like, uh, this is the excerpt. Also like adolescent boys, 4chan users were deeply sensitive and guarded. They disguised their own sensitivity namely their fear that they would be quote-unquote forever alone by extreme insensitivity. The rules, like everything else, were always half in jest. Everything had to be done with the, at least a twinkle of winking irony. You know, it's talk about how nothing is sacred. This is how I prove that, you know, this is how I defend against how sensitive I am. I, I make nothing sacred. I try to overcompensate with extreme insensitivity, right? So, so continuing the excerpt, this was an escape route, a way of never having to admit to your peers that you were in fact expressing something from your heart. In other words, that you were indeed vulnerable. No matter what a user did or said, he could always say it was for the lulls, uh, LOLs. Like, by comparison, the tame and sophisticated precursor, something awful board that spawned it, 4chan defined itself by being insensitive to suffering in that way only people who have never really suffered can. That is to say, young people, mostly young men, protected by a cloak of anonymity. The accepted standard was a form of libertarian quote-unquote free speech banner in which isolated man-boys asserted their right to do or say anything no matter how it hurt someone else's feelings or how outrageous it was or against like the accepted norms. This meant generally posting pornography, swastikas, racial slurs, and content that reveled in harm to other people, right? Now, Dale, Mm -hmm. right now, there are uh, these black women, or I think we're like Gen Z black women, right? they uh, revel this kind of same stuff. But what they do now hmm. is they say the N-word with a hard R. They use all these slurs. They call black people nignogs. Um, <laughs> wow. And they find ways to spell nigger with a hard R, but to get around Twitter's algorithm. So they, they say Nick, N-I-C-K, space oh, wow. G-U-R-R. So Nick Gur. Oh, and wow. all these kind of tricks that I used to see only on alt-right and 4chan things, right. they sound just like alt-righters to the point people started thinking this must be one of those 4chan raids. Wow. But it wasn't. It was just them trying to do... But these people were all like deeply hurt. But they just wow. kind of leaned into this anti-blackness, I guess, as wow. a way of dealing with feeling racist, racism and whatever. Huh. They kind of became 
we're gonna out racist the racist and it, and one of the catchphrases now is uh the police ain't killing you n words fast enough to talk to black men wow and it's yeah. young young women this is a yeah, young, yeah, yeah. Women. young young women but uh i was asking online where did this come from and then somebody pointed out to me you know where it came from it came from black men first it came from specifically Tyler, the creator, and his crowd. Oh. And then when someone said that, I'm like, oh my God, you're right. Because Tyler, the creator, if you, if you search Tyler, the creator's username on Twitter with uh, the N-word, hard R, mm-hmm. he uses the N-word like a lot. And it's that same edgelordness. Like, you know, I'm going to, and he even made like a really racist Mountain Dew commercial that got pulled. Mountain Dew pulls an ad called the most racist in history and the most racist against black people ad in history according to mountain dew and pepsi was made by a black guy against black people wow when uh boyce watkins this uh older guy older black guy called uh the commercial arguably the most racist commercial in history um Mm -hmm. tired the creator and his fans a lot of them were black were like you know it was the okay boomer moment before okay boomer um Mm-hmm. you know happened but but this was the ad like felicia the goat voiced by tyler the creator mm-hmm. appears in a police lineup in the middle of five black men one of which is played by odd future this is rap groups left sure. brain the goat intimidates the battered waitress talking in a black person's voice blurting out a number of phrases including better not snitch on a player and snitches get stitches before she shrieks and flees from the police station so there's like five black guys in the lineup satisfying mm-hmm. like racist stereotypes and threatening a witness from, you know, doing all this stuff. And Tyler, the creator, called Boyce Watkins a bunch of nasty names and said he doesn't understand, like, edginess and nothing matters. And this is how you get rid of racism, like, through this this, this nihilism. Right, yeah, right. So the same approach, yeah, where they're like, it's meaningless, yeah. Yeah, it's the same approach. But I think, you know, these black guys who are nihilists aren't shooting up synagogues and doing all this stuff. So, and these black women aren't, you know, electing presidents that are like fascists. So I think a lot of it gets under the radar. But when I was reading your book, it explained a lot of like the black internet to me. That that was confusing me. That's wild. Yeah, I don't, I did not know about that subculture at all. That's fascinating. And yeah, I I suppose I would believe it, right? That, that, that I know Tyler, the creator. And yeah, that is a similar vibe where uh, to him, obviously nothing is serious, right? It's like all a joke. It's that same idea of winking irony and nihilism, no matter what. So, um, and that's the ideology. Um, And I would probably also agree with you that that actually doesn't uh, really create um, a solution, (laughs) Like it doesn't, it doesn't get you very far. Um, that toolkit. Um, yeah, it doesn't get you very far. But oh, yeah. he doesn't even take rap seriously. Like, like we played an interview of his on Larry King. You remember that guys where yeah. he talks about rap as it is just like one more troll. Like he's just like being a rapper like a troll. Like you know. Right. And, and in the in a heartbeat, he says like I'll switch to movies if I could. You know, as long as I'm just. Even rap is kind of like for the lulls. Like, hmm. just, like, like he's not trying to be like a Rakim or a Nas where he's like, I take right. rap really seriously. I write my notebook all day long. Like, that right. would be corny. That would be corny to him. Right. You're right. That would be too genuine. Right. And yeah. you're kind of going to hide that. Yeah. And to me, I think the attitude on Fortune, I guess, uh, elsewhere too, is generated from this sort of like uh, vomiting up of like, too much culture, too much messaging, too much product selling, too much corporate co-optation, years and years and years and years of it. That's always the end result. Um, that's why 4chan was so weird when it switched into genuine, like hyper genuine uh, for a lot of these young men, conservatism, because that was the that was like the reactionary reaction to that. 
idea of like living forever in this winking irony where you have no value system. As they got older, as like 10, 15 years passed. Um, I, have a, I have a question, which is why, why did the young women, why do you think the young women feel this way? Like where, where is this, where is all this resentment and hatred or uh, I guess ironic uh, angst coming from in, the, in that subgroup? Do you have? Let me ask you this. Where do you think it comes from? white men and then then i'll give you what i think my answer is <laughs> okay um yeah so uh, that's a great well, i guess that's a great question to answer my question because it probably is a similar place i suppose yeah for, for white men it comes from uh, a distant disenfranchisement for the most part that they are as as you guys said a little earlier obviously outsiders very much outsiders that um isolated alienated ripped from the fabric social fabric of the time um longing for a community so they find it um through um uh, the internet or through uh, like illusions like um their whiteness or whatever or that's where they find their solidarity and belonging and their pride too um so that's where they find like uh feeling okay about themselves um, but yeah, for the most part, it's this desperation and alienation that comes with not having a lot of prospects in their, in their real life and life that's, being very difficult. That's my answer. Okay. <laughs> white men to black women. Oh, wow. wow. That's my exact answer. Wow. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I, cause I think everyone feels the same way. They just disagree on who's the biggest victim. Each one thinks they're the biggest victim of that dynamic that you just said. So I think everything you said, the alienation, feeling unchosen, like I, I started right. calling it fuckability politics. Like if, if, yeah. this, if the oldest is about respectability politics, it's like this entitlement right. and fuckability politics. And it's right. like, it's all the same three things you mentioned about 4chan, nihilism, dropping out and living your life on screen. Amario, mm. before you came on, was talking about how a lot of this 4chan stuff comes from like three things. Uh, one is nihilism, which is like a kind of a type of believing in nothing. Dropping out is kind of like giving up in terms of competing in the real world. And the third thing is living your life on screen. And I feel like those three things capture so uh, much of we've come to what's similar conclusions on, on this show as well. You know, so it feels good that we have some validation in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> because we've sort of come to similar uh, conclusions when we sit and try to think of reasons why these things are going on in the world now, man. And uh, I, I did have one one other question, though, because I, and I don't know if you guys mm -hmm. mentioned this before I hopped on or not. So forgive me if it'd be mm -hmm. repetitive. But did you guys did, what, where does YouTube fit in this entire picture? Because I don't know if you know or not. We've recently sure. made a leap to. Uh, to do some stuff on YouTube. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I, from what I see, you know, even though they've gone to, through some good, great lengths to try and wrangle that place to, to be somewhat respectable, it's still the wild, wild west in some respects. So, like, did the Tumblr, 4chan, you know, uh, crowd go into that space and, and do some things on there as well? I will add one thing before Dale answers. Uh, Ken, Mario, you can tell me what you, tell me what you think. I I feel like YouTube has actually gotten less toxic than Twitter, weirdly enough. I don't know, but hmm. th th that's just my, my observation. Yeah. But YouTube I'll, used I'll to be way worse. Hmm. What's that? I say YouTube used to be way worse. Yeah, it used to be way worse. And I feel like now Twitter has all the nastiness you've seen YouTube comments but uh I, yeah i'll yeah. let you answer that Th that's true i do think the comments got system got a little better though youtube is so vast and sprawling it's hard yeah. for me to get a pulse on it mm -hmm. though i do think both 
as Twitter gets older, it it as it gets darker and resembles 4chan more and more. Um, and so to answer your question, for YouTube, you're right. YouTube does play a big role in radicalization. It's sort of the newest, more cutting edge. Um, so for the last generation that really fell into this, they fell into it through YouTube. So when I interviewed sources that were like 20 years old, 22 years old, they said, well, I spent my middle school years on 4chan. And then around high school, 2014, 2015, I was watching a lot of YouTube. Mm. Um, and what turned, we didn't really cover this, but uh, 2014 uh, was Gamergate, which was this uh, very bizarre uh, movement that, that pushed a lot of the channels. It started on the chans and, and pushed that all of those incels and isolated young men into politics, uh, into far right politics. Um, and when that happened, there was a leadership vacuum on the chans and a few grifters, Milo Yiannopoulos, Mike Cernovich, um, and other vloggers, people who uh, wanted to make YouTube content, stepped in and said, I'll, I'll be the leader of the group. Um, and now there were a whole set of those. So post 2014, 2015, 2016, so uh, Stefan Molyneux or whatever, there's a whole sort of set of them on YouTube that um, uh, Gavin McGinnis, too, he, they preach um, getting your life together to young men. So it's, or to young people, they're like, okay, to, for women, it's Chad wife them or whatever. There's a whole set of YouTube personalities that do that. They say, your life's a mess. You hate yourself. Uh, you're miserable. You're lost in cons just buying products and feeling happy that way. Well, have you tried hyper-traditionalism, right? Have you tried, why don't I give you this cookbook set of values and you can just live your life that way and I'll give you confidence and belonging that way. And they make a lot of money doing Is that. Is Jordan Peterson you know in, that, that, in that mix You know where I think well? that comes from? I think it comes from, uh, you know that, that bullshit thing I was talking about where people bullshit for a while? And if you just bullshit enough, you start losing track of the truth. I think they're stuck in a, this oscillating cycle where it's all about bullshit. It's all about the lulls. It's, and then they do it long enough. And that's such a disorienting state to be in of not knowing the truth because knowing the truth is a form of sanity. Like, you know, that is what sanity is. Like getting some kind of sense of like reality and the truth. They kind of flip the other way and then start saying, okay, somebody out there has to have the truth. Let's do the opposite now of bullshit and try to like, you know, get back into the world of lies and truth. And then that's where like the Jordan Petersons or that right. time when Anonymous kind of became like an earnest, like freedom fighter thing or the days of the PUAs when they thought they could just like uh, kind of hack sexuality or going to the trad wife thing. Like this is kind of thing where I think after enough bullshitting and losing track of the truth, they try to refine the truth. They try to find the red pill. They try to make the world back into the matrix, switch it from the holodeck of Star Trek <laughs> back to the matrix where I can get to the binary of false and true. And they just end up falling for other bullshit artists. Mm. Yes. That's exactly, yeah, it's a good way of putting it. Right. <laughs> it's a counter swing. Yeah. Um, to try and find something solid and true, but yeah, it's very naive and these, it's not truths they get, they end up getting. Dale, you mentioned uh, a couple of names, uh, just to go back to the uh, to kind of like the godfathers of I guess the YouTube movement mm -hmm. for lack of a better term is 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 Jordan Peterson one of those guys because I hear his name kicked yeah, around a lot. I neglected that one. That's also okay. a big one. Yeah, I, I, I write mentioned my book as well. Yeah, I think. Oh, you named it. He's one. in your book. Okay, I got I got Yeah, okay. we're gonna leave out a lot of stuff in this book because this book is just really thorough. It has a lot. Like it mentions a lot of stuff. I doubt we'll get to a third of what's in your book. <laughs> 
It's uh, just impossible. It would be an all-day podcast. <laughs> yeah, and some of the circles that I that I find myself, uh, you know, YouTube is one of those things, man, where like you start watching one thing and you can end up way on the other side of the rainbow watching something else. And for some reason, I right. keep coming across uh, material that with him, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, right. What I've seen thus far is it seems, it seems relatively innocuous, but I guess there's a dark side to this guy. I haven't gotten heavy into you know everything that he talks about, but uh, I'm assuming that there's some type of a dark side because the the wrong people. I've heard seen the wrong types of people mention him. So I'm wondering. Yeah. Why. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So in on a superficial level, he just sort of gives somewhat practical advice to young men, life advice, which they all do in a sense, where they, they want, they're appealing to an audience of young men who need context and solidarity and need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. So that's what it sounds like at first. But his worldview is essentially social Darwin, Darwinian. Okay. So he just... He just sort of says that, you know, you have to be superior, it's sort of right for some people to be on the bottom and others to be on the top. You just need to climb your way to a top. Very naive, almost sort of like the default ideology that if you had never really thought through any sort of philosophy, you would get to this cool-minded way of thinking, mm. which he purveys. Mm. All right. So that was a preview. If you like what you hear and you want to hear the rest of the episode and a hundred more episodes, then by all means, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. Take care, y'all.